Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm really excited to bring to you Kara Elizabeth. Kara is a body wisdom coach and incorporates her years as a psychotherapist with holistic approaches such as somatic movement, yoga, breath work, and Reiki energy healing to help women find healing for their body, mind, and soul. With 15 years of experience, Kara has helped thousands of women reconnect to the wisdom of their bodies, finding freedom from the prison of body hatred, limiting beliefs, and past traumatic experiences so that they can live a life fully connected and confident. She is also a mama to a 15-year-old boy. So welcome, Kara. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here chatting with you today. It's amazing to like have you because a lot of what you do, I'm so fascinated and interesting in learning more. So and I'm sure my audience is too. So I'm really excited, but I want to start off by asking what is your biggest mom win of the week? Oh, that's, that's easy. So my son's birthday is actually next week. And oftentimes you don't feel, I don't feel like he's listening or paying attention to what's going on around him or what I'm doing, but he actually asked for like three books this year for his birthday. And they are all like meditation and philosophy type books. One is even a breathwork book called Wim Hof's theories. I think it's Wim Hof's theory. He does a, a type of breathwork. So it's just, it was just like this ah moment of like, oh my gosh, he's paying attention to the things I tell him and the things that are working. So that's- how do you get a 15 year old boy who, you know, 15 year old boys, I can only assume what they're like. I was a 15 year old girl and saw them in high school, but how do you get him to be interested in yoga and breath work? And <laughs> I, I don't know. He's not super interested in yoga. I did try to get him once to do yoga and then he didn't really like it, but he is doing wrestling. And I think what he's realizing is a lot of, we do meditation together and he's starting to pick up on like, he has control of what happens in his life and he can choose like things aren't just happening to him. And in wrestling, he's struggling because it's new but being able to visualize doing well or being able to visualize that before going into it, I think he's really seeing how that can impact his mood and how he presents and his energy and things like that. So, wow. How long have you been doing meditation with him? For about two years. We do it before bed. We have a, an app that we just listen to. And he's even, again, a couple months ago, he even mentioned how he's doing it on his own sometimes. And he even started doing some breath work in the morning when he's at our other house with his dad and things like that. So well, before I get into family structure, quick question, what app do you like to use? We use Insight Timer for our meditation. I love Insight Timer. <laughs> I, I used it, but then they put up a paywall. I understand, but they have some great meditations on there and music too. I've had the subscription for it for a couple of years. So I guess I didn't realize that they changed that structure because I already had it, but it's great. Oh, nice. 
Well, so I know you mentioned that he goes to his dad's. What is your current family structure like? Yeah. So we have what I love to call an alternative or, you know, expansive relationship. His father and I actually separated when he was 14 months old and we were apart for 10 years. And then three years ago, we got back together and we have reunited. We still have kept both of our separate homes. We live three miles from each other. We've kind of kept the structure, like we parent very differently and we were able to recognize that. And so for the time being, it works to have our separate spaces. We still obviously come together. I still make family meals most nights of the week. We still see each other every day for a period of time, but we do have our separate spaces. And so they can be boys there and there's a little bit more structure and formality here. (laughs) Oh, wow. And so are you able, so to, I guess, give me a little bit of background too, about what you're doing with your business. I know you're in a big pivot point. So where were you before and where are you now? Absolutely. So I've spent the last 15 years in the mental health field and the last about five, I was in private practice, either working under somebody else's private practice. And I opened my own about four years ago as well. So I was doing work with women and My background is really on women with eating disorders and body image issues, which is all revolving around trauma. So a lot of women with trauma. And while that was fulfilling, that was the end goal to what I had set out to do years ago when I started my education, I got there and I didn't really feel happy. Like I still, like I was going through the motions. I should have been really ecstatic. Like I I hit my goal, but it wasn't really meeting my needs. It wasn't really fulfilling me. And I started to really explore that and expand that. And what I realized is there were still so many rules. There was still so much structure around what I could or couldn't do based on my licensure. And so really being able to break free from that was a very healing part of my journey. I had to really go deep and do a lot more of my own personal healing. Once I realized that, that, oh, this, I'm just doing what I was told to do was the next step rather than doing what really felt right for me. And so I actually closed my private practice completely in December and December, 2020, December, 2020. Yes. Wow. And I opened my, I actually began coaching last January. So January of 2020, but I closed my private practice officially in December and then went full on into body wisdom coaching. And this allows me to expand what I do beyond just therapy to include energy work, mental mind, emotional mind, and physical body into everything. And so I guess going back a little, what opened your eyes? I know you said you were unhappy, but you know, people seek it out in different ways. Were you always into Reiki? Were you always into this kind of alternative space? And if so, what inspired you to get involved? I have always known about yoga. So yoga was a very healing journey for me from the time I was a teenager, I've, I've always knew that there was healing in that body. Reiki had started to enter my awareness through other people around me talking about it, but I hadn't really like felt called to do it until about two years ago and really explore and travel into the energy field because I was very science-based. I was very much academic. It was very structured. Again, that was my upbringing. Like you, you go from step A to B to C and there wasn't a lot of this talk of like energy, like in yoga classes, I would hear about it and I would feel it, but I really started my intuition and my, my consciousness really started to attune to energy and I felt called to it. So I started to explore the energy and explore a meditation practice called yoga Nidra, which is 
used for healing trauma and really just opening up those doors. And as I started to open these up, as I started to do these trainings and things like that, more came into my field of vision and more awareness of, oh, this, there's so much more growth that can happen so much more healing that can happen beyond just how they taught me to do. A lot of moms out there might not be as familiar with Reiki or energy healing, and they might think of it as like, oh, that's so woo woo, whatever. Like, I'm just going to a doctor. I go to a therapist. I go to what, whoever that is. I I mean, I love that kind of stuff, but can you give a little bit of context about what is it all about and why is it not just this like woo woo kind of thing, especially coming from your background? Like you see the science side. But then you also have this. So I want from someone from a you know medical background here to tell us why is energy healing so great and what is Reiki all about? Absolutely. So I, I like to start with the kind of like the example of, you know, when you walk into a room of people and you can instantly feel the tension or when someone walks in the room and they instantly are instantly attracted to them, like everything else around is like gone and you see this person and they're like, I don't know, just emanating light or just so magnetic. That's the energy. Just like in a family, I mean, family holidays, right? Sometimes you can cut the tension with a knife, right? That's energy that we're feeling and it's all around us and we are all energy and everything around us has energy. And that's what Reiki is, is it's really tuning into that life force energy that's universal and helping us to be able to open ourselves and our body to tapping into that regularly and knowing that we can shift the energy that we're in without anybody else or anything else. We have that power to do that. And so Reiki energy healing is really harnessing that life force energy within us and using it for our growth or healing or just projection into the future. And so you use that a lot on trauma. Do you also work on it with yourself to heal anything with yourself? Oh, absolutely. I do about an hour to an hour and a half of Reiki on myself every morning before I get out of bed. Wow. So what does then your morning routine look like? <laughs> so my morning routine, it depends on if I'm driving my son to school that day or not, but on a typical morning, like this morning, I did about four hours of for a morning routine. And so not everybody has that ability, but I wake up pretty early. And before I get out of bed, I do what's early, by the way, (laughs) I have an alarm clock, but it's not a ringing. It's one of the light ones that like, right. Yeah. (laughs) It's a softer awakening. So four 45 is generally when that starts to wake me up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I do that in my, my room I'll do in the mornings. When I drive my son to school, I'm obviously doing it for about a half an hour, 45 minutes, depending on when we all wake up and things like that, but I'll do Reiki and then I'll come downstairs and I'll move my body. And I, that typically right now looks like I'll do a couple songs of dancing just to kind of up the energy. And then I'll do some yoga and, or some stretching, whatever my body's feeling called to do. And then I do meditation and journaling, and then I walk my dog. And so all of that can take, you know, three to four hours, or it can take an hour and a half. It just depends on how much time I spend in each area. Do you have a specific journaling practice you do? Like some people do morning pages, some people do different ones. Yeah. Sometimes it's stream of consciousness. Sometimes it's just like a thought that came up during a meditation. Sometimes it's gratitude. It really just kind of varies day to day. I just kind of let whatever decides to come out, come out. But I would always suggest starting with gratitude. If you you need to start somewhere. 
Exactly. I was going to say starting your day off so positively helps to frame the rest of your day. It just, it's like you get started on the right foot. It's like, instead of saying like, oh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, it just really helps to ground you and go forward. So I was actually curious. So you said you closed your business in December of 2020. So recently, and you have a 14 year old son how, what made you make that leap of faith that you're like, I had a stable practice. I had clients. I had a stable income. There are a lot of moms out there with, who would say like, great, but I mean, you're technically a single mom doing this. What made you take that leap? How did you structure it so that you knew once you did it, you'd be okay? Yeah. So first to really clarify, there's not anything single mom about me, to be honest with you. <laughs> Because right now my partner really is financially supporting me and one of the houses is paid off. So it's a non-issue, but that was a big part. Well, I had been, I knew that I would be closing my business. I actually knew 2020 was going to be the last year with my private practice. I didn't know exactly what that looked like because I had the building for my practice for another year. Like it was, it wasn't going to expire until 2022, but COVID hit and it was like, you're done. Like, here you go. Like you've been thinking about this, you've been toying it, you haven't taken the, the leap. So I'm going to take the leap for you. And so we were all working at home anyways, which had never been in my mindset for therapy to work on the computer, but it was really working. My clients were really making progress, even though we were online. And I was like, oh, this is a possibility. So I began to talk to the landlord about finding a new tenant, which we finally did in, in September. And I was like, okay, so we're out of the lease. That's great. And it just kind of, it just stopped fitting. Like it really didn't feel like the right time. And my partner's business in 2020 actually exploded because he owns and operates a landscape design company and everybody's at home. So everybody's wants their backyard. <laughs> nice. So th there has been a lot more business in that. And we just talked and it's just like, he's like, just do what you got to do. Like, I'll help you. I'll pay like the mortgage. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So I, I do have that very much financial support along with savings for myself and along with clients. I still have in coaching is I'm not bringing in as much as I was with my practice, but it's, I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm so energized when I'm doing it. And it feels so aligned that it was just the right time. Right. And because you already started getting some clients and things like that, you saw that it was working. It wasn't like the crickets or, you know, zero income. Yes. And the other part of that too is with school. So with my son, school being online, I needed to be home more. Right. He needed more help. Like he is a 14 year old boy that doesn't do online learning very well. So thank goodness they're back in person, but I was really needed at home to monitor and to ensure he was passing. I mean, cause freshman year, it's his freshman year of high school. Yeah. That's hard to start online and be in this crazy situation and trying to figure out high school life. Like I remember being in high school, it was not a fun transition and I wouldn't go back. So I was needed more at home to help ensure that he was getting through that transition. I actually want to ask, you said he's back and high school's back. How is that going? Because I'm here in LA and <laughs> we are not, you know, I mean, my kid, my oldest is five and he's in kindergarten. So it's a little different, but we our middle and high schools are not back at all, even the private schools. So how is that going? It's actually, it was a difficult decision. You know, we had the option to stay online. They were hybrid for most of January 
and then went back full time in February. I dropped him off. I remember dropping him off at school the first day they were back and feeling like I just sent my kid into a cesspool of germs. And so I did feel bad, but at the same time, like the social impact of this pandemic on people, the social impact of lockdown, the social impact of kids not being able to be with other kids, it's really astonishing. And like, we aren't going to see the results. We aren't going to see the studies for a few years about how detrimental this time is going to be on people's mental health. So I had to make that decision. Like my son was struggling with on in-home, like online learning. I needed to say, okay, you know what? Chances are you might get it. We might all get it because we're sending you to school, but it's better than you sitting here on video games all day and, and not doing your coursework and not seeing your friends. Like we had to make that decision and every parent has to make the right decision for themselves. But for my son, it was right for him to go back. Right. And now you being an expert in say somatic stress, anxiety, every single thing that pretty much every mom in America is feeling right now, how are ways that we can address that ourselves or, you know, besides seeking out a professional like you, like, are there any practices we can do daily to help kind of heal ourselves or lower that? So that in three years, as you said, you know, the trauma of the last year doesn't emerge. Absolutely. The biggest thing I can say is move your body and listen to it. So I often this month, I've actually added some listening to podcasts while I walk, but for the most part, I don't, I walk outside in the sunlight without my headphones, without my phone, even with me really feeling my feet on the earth, really feeling the sun on my skin, really listening to, okay, what is hurting in my body right now? So moving your body every day is going to be an absolute must because what happens is trauma finds a place to live in our bodies. And if we aren't able to shift it out, it just stays there and builds up tension and stress and pain. So being able to really listen to your body, if you are experiencing pain, spending a few minutes, like breathing into that area and ask it, what do you want to tell me and see what comes up being open to hearing what your body has to say? Cause oftentimes something will come up and it may not make sense to you. You may not understand, or you may be like, Oh, I thought I let that go but that's a really good, good indication of what's still being held in your body. Do you suggest like touching that place? Like, do you suggest like, how do you listen intuitively to that? Cause a lot of times I'm like, my neck really hurts. Like my neck hurts at the base of my skull. You know, like I went to PT, I did things, but it's like, I'm like, Oh, it always hurts. It's probably cause I'm holding the baby or whatnot. I make excuses about it. How can I listen to that area and try and hone in and figure out what really is it all about? Absolutely. And so finding a comfortable place to sit down and first bring your energy into the space and into the moment. So rather than thinking about the PTA and, or the holding the baby, just being able to sit in and really connect to your breath, connect to your body. And then maybe it is holding on to the back of the neck and saying, okay, so I, I feel you. I see you. I hear you. I know you have something to tell me I'm listening. I'm open to hearing what you have to say, or I'm open to feeling what you're feeling. And whenever you're ready, whenever you feel safe, I'm listening because a lot of times our body doesn't really trust us. We've ignored it for so long. So it's not going to willingly give up that information. It's continually having that practice of I'm listening. And you know, if you don't hear anything, okay, I understand maybe tomorrow, but really having that compassion to rather than being frustrated with your neck hurting saying, I know you have a reason. I know you have something to tell me and I'm, I'm open when you're ready to tell me. Oh, that's great. So the first step, kind of try and move your body so you can listen to your body. Any other things? Yeah, I would just really say 
most moms are such givers and, and that's what, I mean, that's basically the definition of mom, but knowing that it's okay to receive. And actually we need to be willing to receive, receive help, receive love, support, whatever it is from partners or families. So rather than constantly having to do and be the end all say all of everything in the family, asking for help, asking for support and being willing to say, Hey, I need some time. Can you put the kids to bed or give them a bath? I need to go outside and breathe or take a walk or anything like that. So really honoring the fact that you don't have to do everything. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about this new chapter of your life. And you said, you know, you, you didn't like the structure of before, but you really want to move into more of this energy and stuff. What kind, and you, before you were working with more, you said women with like eating disorders and things like that. What type of women are, or not men, who are you working with now? Kind of what are you working with them on? And like, how is that? I guess walk me through. I don't know much about kind of somatic stress. I don't know much about like trauma and things like that. And so I'm really curious at this sort of practice. Yeah, great questions. Don't worry, you don't need to know everything. <laughs> so I still primarily work with women and I tend to work with women who are pretty successful and ambitious. Like they they are they do have a lot going on and a lot's going well, and they're still struggling to feel that connection. They're still struggling to feel that joy or pleasure in life. A lot of the times because they aren't connected to themselves and they're living so much in this doing energy of what we call masculine energy that they aren't spending a lot of time in the feminine energy of receiving and of being practicing the stillness. Some people, some women, when I tell them, let's just sit and be quiet for a minute, they can't hold the silence. They struggle with the silence. It makes them cringe. And that's a really good indication that they're really struggling with being with themselves. And so really taking some time to honor that. Now we can't, if I just started programs with sitting in silence, nobody would ever show up because they don't want to do it. Right. (laughs) And I know this. So we do a lot more work in the beginning where we do more movement, more active yoga or movement practices. I do teach based off of the chakra system to really help women. I just find that it's a really good like template or helping women to understand their own bodies and connect to their own bodies, which we start with the structured. We starting with the, the lower three chakras, which are very much more doing energies or structuring energies. There's a little bit more tangibility there than the upper chakra system. So we start there with really like, let's plant our roots. Let's really come into yourself and, and dive in there. And then we flow a little bit more into the upper chakras of finding some meditation and some breath work and some more softening into being rather than always having to do something. So I do one-on-one coaching as well as guiding a membership of women through yin yoga practices, which is that more feminine diving deep into the body. For someone like myself, who was always very much in their masculine, you know, I think I was very strong in my root chakra, you know, I, all the career I had was very masculine. What can we do to open ourselves up to the feminine energy and to that feminine side without sitting in silence? Because I know that makes me nervous too. (laughs) The biggest thing is you have to decide to welcome that in. So you have to decide to embrace it and just say, okay, I'm going to be open to welcoming in more feminine, soft, and flowy. So you don't have to necessarily do anything. You can kind of call that energy in as, okay, I'm going to call you in. like, show me how to soften today. 
show me how to be versus doing today. Like just kind of putting it out there and just seeing what comes up for you. Because I promise if you put it out there, the universe is going to deliver. I was going to say my 2020 word of the year last year was supposed to be surrender. And I like, didn't listen to it until of course COVID slapped me in the face and was like, no, you're not going to do anything. You are going to surrender. Luckily, knock on wood, I haven't gotten it, but I, at least the pandemic forced me to take a step back. And so it's interesting how the universe kind of corrects you. Yeah. You put it out there, you put surrender out there and you weren't doing it. So (laughs) not to say you're blamed for the pandemic, but like, (laughs) well, just like, I mean, no joke. I was in the hospital three weeks ago. I had to have an emergency surgery and my ovary twisted. I had like cystic tumors that like, I didn't know about, which developed really quickly because I just had a baby a year ago. And (laughs) it was interesting because I went to a physical therapist and cause I was having some pain and I thought pelvic floor, obviously like this is do you, I've had three babies in five years. And she's like, do you ever journal? I'm like, no, I like don't have time to journal. And she's like, you're, you're holding a lot of frustration. And my, and like, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll journal, but that's BS. Something's wrong with me. Something actually was wrong with me, but I think it's a, a mixture of two. It was like a sign that I needed to focus on that area. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the pelvic floor, the pelvic area is our sacral chakra and it's all about feminine energy. It's all about fun and creativity and water and flowing. So if you're not flowing in that area, it's going to have some issues. Interesting. And then now I want to switch to the moon stuff because like this, I mean, going from psychotherapy to all of a sudden now hosting like moon circles and things like to a lot of people out there, they're like, Whoa, this is real. Woo. What, what got you interested in this? How does this help us in life to like, look at moon cycles? Why should that be part of our life? Yeah. So how it came into my life is again, as I started opening the doors and as I started being receptive to the energy work, receptive to alternative healing or holistic healing or woo, whatever you want to call it. Again, things just started coming in. Opportunities just started coming in and connections just started coming in. And when I was full on in therapy, like years ago, when I was working in treatment centers with adolescents in particular, like we would all joke as, Oh my gosh, it's a full moon, man. Crazy is going to happen. Like it's going to hit the fan, all of the stuff. So it was always kind of like lingering outside of like the realm. But as I started to really learn about energy and the energy system and all of those things, like moon stuff came into to my awareness. And again, it's, you either believe it or you don't, and that's going to change everything. But as I started to open it and just being curious about it was the thing that I did is just being curious. Okay. How does this affect me? Like, how can I track the moon cycles and my personal cycle and my life cycle and things like that? I really began to recognize, Oh, this isn't just all crap, right? This, this has some science behind it too. And the moon governs like water and things like that. The tides, the ebbs and flows of the tides, and we are, our bodies are primarily water. And so it makes sense that that energy would also affect our energy and our bodies and things like that. So I'm not here to make anybody believe the moon cycles or follow it or anything. If you feel called to, you'll learn more about it and you'll be drawn to it. If you don't, you won't. And that's okay. It's everybody has their own thing. For me, it's really supportive and the new moon, like today is a new moon when we're recording this, at least is all about setting intentions and manifesting new dreams and 
So if the only thing you believe about the moon cycles is, okay, once a month, I'm going to set some new dreams and intentions for my next month. Great. And once a month on the full moon, I'm going to work on releasing old patterns or habits. Awesome. Whether it's on the full moon or not, you do you. (laughs) Do you suggest on the new moon that, you know, we journal about these intentions? Like how can we go about using the moon's energy and using that to set these new intentions on what we want to do? Absolutely. If you are feeling called to that, yeah, on the new moon, sit down and do some meditation, do some quieting of the body, quieting of the mind, and really start to practice imagining or envisioning what you want the next month to look like for you. And dreaming big, the universe doesn't like limitations. The universe will respond to that. She'll give you what you ask for. And if it's only a small little goal, then you're limiting yourself. So being limitless, like the sky and allow yourself to journal, like, this is my intention for the next month. And maybe it's a word or a phrase. And here's the next step I'm going to take towards that. Or here's what I'm going to manifest is a deeper connection to my body or a deeper connection to my relationships. So sitting down and creating some sacred space to do that journaling, as well as on the full moon journaling about what you want to release and let go of. I love because you said something, the universe likes the specificity of things kind of. So like to dream big, but almost be specific a little. And so I, I laughed because I said I was in the hospital. I had been saying like, I need a vacation. I need three, like a day, 24 hours with no kids. Like I just want a a time to myself, but I wasn't very specific about it. And then I ended up in the hospital with no kids for 48 hours or more. And I was like, this is not universe. What I was trying to manifest, not exactly in line. And I feel like the universe is like, well, you should have been more specific then. Yeah. (laughs) But it's crazy. Absolutely. And being really, so being a little bit more specific, but also being open and expansive. So give me this or something better, like bigger. So yeah, but no, it it all works out. It's you got a couple days without the kids, I guess (laughs) in pain and in surgery, but you know, if anyone's like interested in learning more, like what resources did you go to or what resources do you suggest for people who may be interested in learning a little bit more about energy, like, you know, energy 101 or like moon cycles 101, like where are great places or resources they can look to? If there's a yoga studio nearby, I would always recommend there's usually a lot of offerings at a yoga studio nearby. The internet is an amazing place for a lot of good information as well as a lot of misinformation. So being really cautious about all of that and also knowing that there are so many different opinions about all of this that sometimes they're going to contradict and that's okay as well. But if you want something local, I would say checking out your local community yoga studio or follow me online, follow other people online and, and start asking questions, making connections. Well, that's actually going to be one of my wrap up questions, but before I get to telling me where we can find you online, I wanted to ask, what is a superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you better in either business life or at all? The ability to be flexible and adaptable. When I was much younger, I was very, again, rigid, very black and white, very perfectionistic. And you know, having a kid like your dishes are not always going to be cleaned and that's got to be okay. And so being able to adapt to the, the kid who ends up like projectile vomiting in the back seat when you're on your way to a, an appointment or something like that, just being able to really be adaptable is life changing because change is the only constant in life. And so if you have this expectation for things to turn out one way, you're going to really struggle because life likely won't turn out that way. 
Well, on that note, I'm excited to see what you do in your next adventure and congrats on all that. Where can we find you? Right now I'm primarily just on Instagram. So it's Kara, C-A-R-A-H dot Elizabeth. I am in the process of creating a website, but I'm not the most tech savvy person. So I'm trying to have people help me with that. So that will be up soon. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that today. And I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.